2022 was a colorful year for Asia-Pacific with the continuing pandemic and the Ukraine-Russia war combining to strain even further the global supply chain of which Asia-Pacific is a major part of. Into 2023, we remain hopeful that the economies in the region will pick up from 2022 and continue their recovery journeys. One of the notable technology trends that saw significant adoption from 2020 onwards is cloud computing. While there was a notable shift in adoption of this service, future CIO discussions with heads of technology, be it infrastructure, software, or security, is that on-premises investments are not going to go away anytime soon. Indeed, if there's ever one word to describe what the approach many in the region are taking, that would be hybrid or some combination of own infrastructure including on-premises and private clouds and outright use of publicly operated cloud platforms by any one of those hyperscalers. So whatever shape or form it will take, IT infrastructure will remain an important point of discussion, planning and managing in the years ahead. In this podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Ms. Gita Gopal, Head of Infrastructure Projects Delivery and Digital Transformation at Panasonic Asia-Pacific, to share with us her perspective on infrastructure trends for Asia-Pacific in 2023. Gita, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Thank you. Now, if you could define for us the scope of the work of an infrastructure and operations leader. Yeah, infrastructure and operations um, is the backbone of IT, I would say. So people always talk about applications and uh, software, but uh, there's the backbone on which all of that sit, which to me is a very core and important component. And I, I, I've been in this industry for almost 15 years now and very proud to represent the infrastructure and operations as a topic under IT. So in a nutshell, I'd say IT infrastructure and operations comprises of your servers, your network, storage, your security, cloud-based hosting, for example, and so on. And not to forget the end user or the endpoint, like your mobile devices, your laptops, your clients, and so on. So it's basically the whole suite of infrastructure that comes under IT services. What do you see are the most important issues facing IT infrastructure, INO leaders or managers such as yourself in our part of the world? For the last 10 years, I've seen that, you know, how the focus has shifted. So for example, for the, for the first five years of the last decade, it was more about how do we reduce costs for the businesses and um, how do you try to integrate data and AI into our services on the infrastructure side? How do, how do we try to bring about innovation? But in the last five years, especially come COVID in the last three years, the focus has shifted more than ever onto security. And why do I say that is data shows that during COVID, the dependency on digital technologies has risen multifold. And that means we are also subjecting ourselves and our infrastructure to risks on the security side. And so I feel the most important or the pressing issue for an IT infrastructure manager is security, the growing concerns of breaches and attacks. And the second one is the request from businesses for speed. Almost every company has set itself customer-specific goals which means faster turnaround time uh, at better cost. And that means from the infrastructure side, the network has to be agile enough to be able to cater to these applications. 
And that is the second challenge because more often than not, network tends to be on the legacy side. And to keep up with the expectations from the businesses uh, uh, for uh, agility, I think infrastructure managers have to get their head around how do we how do they offer network agility? How do they use automation? How do they use analytics to offer the speed that the businesses and the applications require? And the third one is applications and uh, teams always request or look for contained costs or reduced costs. And that's again something that our IT infrastructure managers have to take care of when providing these services. Given that organizations in Asia today, especially following the pandemic, are favoring a hybrid model for working, how does this uh, setup affect the work of uh, an IT infrastructure uh, manager and the team that you are responsible for? I feel that it's taken a positive turn, in fact. So now, more than ever, our businesses, our customers are more receptive to, for example, cloud hosting. Five years ago, there were stringent policies and practices to dissuade us from going to the cloud. And I'm talking about, especially in the manufacturing IT sector, where uh, if the preference was to have as much as on-premise as possible. And I would say if a company has about 100 applications, maybe one of the latest application that is coming up could consider cloud services. Everything else was hosted on-premise five years ago. And now it's the other way around. And we are finding ways to move to the cloud. And why do we want to do that? That's because of the scalability and many things that cloud services offer us that is not possible or feasible in our on-premise solutions. But again, we have to be mindful that moving everything to the cloud is not the only And that means that certain things we have to keep in um, hybrid setups, keep them on-premise depending on the data classification and so on. And uh, on the other hand, the whole mindset has changed from owning your assets and your devices, owning your infrastructure to see how can we get managed services for the same services instead of owning the assets, instead of owning the, the infrastructure on your own. How can you get managed services? So you're moving away from an asset driven infrastructure to a managed services infrastructure. That means even if you're from the infrastructure side, you focus on the SLAs when compared to how do you keep your cost contained? How do you keep upgrading your hardware? How do you keep upgrading the components on top of the hardware and so on? Now, you mentioned a while ago that the number two important issue for the infrastructure team today is security, right? Now, how does the INO team work with the office of the CISO to ensure that security of the infrastructure and the data and applications it supports? Infrastructure itself is also responsible for security in many ways. All the services that we offer, whether it is your hosting or your network or your end user devices, the security of that, the component of that is still the responsibility of the IT infrastructure and operations team. That's the ideal way. On top of that, we also have things like application security, data security, and so on, which is why the larger, where the larger organization of the CISO comes into play. So in every aspect, IT infrastructure has to be aligned with the CISO organization. And how can we do that? We can do it in two ways. One is the defensive tactics, and the other one is the offensive tactics. How can we collaborate with CISO on these things? By being defensive, you can always have your regular practices by your by being stringent in your defensive mechanism. How secure can you keep your infrastructure? Whether you're patching regularly, whether you are upgrading regularly, whether you're doing your due diligence, uh, proactive reports, that's the defensive mechanism that IT infrastructure should have as a culture in itself. On the other hand, 
how do you make it proactive to avoid any breaches or any hindrances to our operations? And that's where the offensive mechanism comes in, where you are being proactive. And that's precisely where IT infrastructure can work with CISO teams. It can be periodic audits. It can be both internal audits. It can be external audits. It can be penetration testing. And uh, those policies and you know, that are set by CISOs must be respected by IT infrastructure team. And I think there's a lot that uh, CISOs and IT infrastructure can do to Given the growing complexity of the IT infrastructure versus the difficulty of acquiring keeping the right set of assets, because skills, talent seems to be a common concern raised by members of the C-suites. How, right. What will be important for IO leaders such as yourselves and the team in terms of making sure that you have the right set of competencies and expertise within the, the team that you manage? So the need of the hour is professionals with various skill sets. So 10 years ago, you could just be a network engineer and be part of an infrastructure team, or you could just be a VMware specialist and still be a great contributor. But now, more so than ever, we have the need to be multi-talented professionals in infrastructure area. So our network specialist also takes care of the security aspect, also consults our applications from the architecture perspective. And I think that is a mindset change that has happened in the last decade, and it will continue to be so. And that is one way in which I feel that IT infrastructure professionals can upgrade themselves. And But that also means that it puts us in difficult situations when we go into hiring mode. So it's very difficult to find um, this kind of diverse skill set in one profile. And that's the challenge that we constantly face. And one thing that we do here is train our infrastructure professionals across all verticals. And uh, this is how do you uh, empower your own team by giving them projects in different areas, helping them to crack those and you know, in the, in the process to upgrade themselves in various technologies. Well, it also keeps them interested in the job. They're thinking, yeah. uh, recognizing that they have a future career development, which is probably not so much of a priority from leaders maybe a decade or so ago. Drawing from your experience, what would you say are some of the best practices for ensuring a smooth working relationship between the CIO, the CISO, and the INO team, the infrastructure and operations team? Again, I've always felt that there's a disconnect from uh, for ID infrastructure with actually what the business wants because there's always an application layer that comes in between. Mm. I'm not saying all organizations are like this, but I've seen many organizations where the disconnect between business and and infrastructure comes because of the other layers that come in between. So, and that sh that is also another shift that I'm seeing that um, ID infrastructure, you know, has every responsibility and obligation to work directly with the businesses more than ever now. And for leaders who want to create to smooth working relationships across these verticals, it's important that irrespective of the technologies we support, we have to be aligned with our business requirements. What is our organizational strategy? How are the projects that we are doing contributing directly to our organizational strategy? Aligning these topics are very important for leaders across the teams. And uh, any projects or programs that we do, it's not just about implementing a technology. It's more than that. It's who are the people who are going to benefit from this? Who are our customers? What do they actually need? Are we rolling out the right technologies? And to think from a business perspective, how do we empower our teams to think like this? And how do we facilitate our teams to uh, operate in this kind of environment? I think that's what uh, CIOs, CISOs, and IT infrastructure operations heads have to work on together. If you put yourself in the position of a consultant, what would be the advice that you would offer to other infrastructure and operations leaders such as yourselves in Asia in order for them to be better at their job in 2023? 
first and foremost uh, that I have learned um, in Panasonic is to be aligned with the business. And every project that we do, the first question we ask is, what business value are you bringing? I think that's a personal life lesson for me. Um, I always used to think from a delivery perspective, mm. but that mindset has actually um, helped me to perform my role better. So now the first question I ask is, what business value are we creating with this project or with this initiative? And the moment we start thinking in that way, I think we can fine tune our um, technologies and our deliveries much better. Yeah, that's my one, uh, one advice, I think. Geeta, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. Oh, my pleasure, Alan. Thank you for this opportunity. That was Geeta Gopal, Head of Infrastructure Projects Delivery and Digital Transformation for Panasonic Asia-Pacific on the topic of infrastructure trends for Asia-Pacific in 2023. You are listening in the podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.